1: mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up if you want to do it just by the telephone we can do that also and you can give the office a call 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also like i said earlier we do have with us from mount Carmel, illinois prophet tom decker
2: come into your category so you just couldn't stay in any one place for about three months you're still in trouble because you've got to become faithful your ministry counts on how faithful you are under the ministry that you set under. And that meaning setting under, you can't set under a ministry if in fact you're what, six months you're here, and the next six months you're over there. A year later you're down there somewhere, and a year over that you're over there somewhere. You're somewhere between a goat and a, and a wolf in my, in my chart. And the fact of it is, it doesn't work that way, it wasn't intended to be that way, and it's not going to be that way. You are to show yourselves faithful, and you'll not have. And let me tell you something about ministry. Never have I ever been around anybody that did what I have just said. That couldn't seem to find. They jumped around, and then all of a sudden one day you saw them hang the shingle out, and I am a minister type of a thing. You'll never find those people ever able to find anybody faithful around them. They never can gather any faithfulness within their ministry. And the reason they, you, they won't find that is because they were not able to be faithful where they were at. So for faithfulness does what? Begets faithfulness. And so what Paul was doing here was just simply that. he says He says, that a man be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of a man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self. So he said, you know, hey, let me tell you something, boys and girls. He said... I'm not moved one way or the other, and I'm not sure not impressed with the fact that, bless God, that you're going to judge me. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the the hearts." Now listen to this. Isn't that just what we've been talking about? Isn't that just what we, we looked at with God, and what God has been saying? And here he's saying again, until the Lord come, who, will, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. Now, isn't that what we were doing here this afternoon? Trying to get you to look back at yourselves, to judge yourselves, and, and, and say, well, if there was one thing, if I was still in the time of the Old Testament, had to go into the Holy of Holies, what is it that I would make sure that I got rid of before I went in there so I wouldn't die because of my sin? Then that that's exactly what Paul is saying here. He says, he says that, that darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a, in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up uh, for one uh, against another." Now, you hear what he's saying? Now, don't, don't get into that kind of thing. It's not, it's not a competition. For you maketh thee to differ from another. And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why does you glory as if thou hast not received it? Now listen, he said, he said, if thou didst receive it, what is thou glorious if thou didst receive it? And and now, eighth verse, ye are full, now ye are rich, you have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God ye did reign, that we would also might reign with you. He said, well, look at you now. You know, look at you now. Look, look, look look where you're at. Look what's going on with you now. And he says, for I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it was appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world, and angels unto men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ, we are weak, but you are strong, you are honorable, but we are despised." Now what's Paul saying? Something's wrong here, boys and girls. You guys got yourself set up here in Corinth, where you're looking good and making sure everybody thinks good of you, and, and oh, look at you and what you're doing. He said at the same time, he said, "We're fools for Christ, but you're wise in Christ." He says you're 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 at a place here where you're strong and, and, and we're weak. You're honorable and we're despised. Even unto this present hour we both hunger and thirst, and are naked, and have, are, are buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place, and labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat, we are made as the filth of the world, and are the offscoring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but ask my beloved sons, I... Warn you! Wow, boy, he was kind of a hard nose, wasn't he? Boy, I thought Paul was all love. Well, aren't we supposed to be all love here in the New Testament? For though you have ten thousands instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? For in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. He's telling them you wouldn't even be here without me. Wherefore I beseech you, by you, you followers of me. Boy, boy, you know what he's saying here? They traded the anointing for respectability. He said, hey, I was in there. I came in there and laid the foundation. I did all these things. And yet I'm out here, and I'm hungry, and, 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 and you're full, and uh, you're wise, and, and bless God, I'm, I'm a fool for Christ, and, and all this is going. He said, what, what's what is this? He said, I warn you. I warn you. You can't be that you can't look like that to the world and yet what happened to these they had words that had no power that's what he said you must stay on the cutting edge the prophets provide the cutting edge and they do it every time and that's exactly what the apostle paul was doing here he was trying to tell them something he was trying to tell them something we have ministry today that bless god that has sold out in the same way as corinth did they want to be respected and they want through respectability. They want to be, you know, they want to be. Uh, they want to make sure that they're on the ministerial council, and bless God, they're the president if they if they can become that of uh, uh, that ministerial council. They want to be sure that, bless God, that 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 everybody knows they they show up at all the right places and they give the they give the the, the things at the at the graduation ceremonies in, in in the in the school systems and they do this and they do right that. But their words are without power. There's no anointing that works there to, to any degree. And that's exactly what was going on with Corinth. And that's exactly what we have seen and watched and watched for, for the longest time in the ministry, even here. Paul had the anointing. Corinth didn't have the anointing. But Paul, again, he said, look, boys, he said, let me tell you something. He said, I don't understand this. He said, we're being made a spectacle unto the world and to the angels and to men. And look at you. You're out here looking Good. You're not starving. You're not being. You're not. You know they're not. They're not coming at you and calling you all matter of evil, but they're sure doing that. Well, what's going on here? And you and I, you and I begin to watch and, and be understanding something. I want to tell you what happened to him in Corinth. Corinth got tired of being ridiculed and laughed at. That's what Corinth did. You know, I've told people and I still tell people today, you want to be careful about getting into this movement because I'm going to tell you something. You, you better have a tough skin if you're going to decide, bless God, that you're going to become what we're calling the messianic movement. If you're going to get into this movement, you're going to be laughed at. You're going to be ridiculed. Are you, are you willing to have that happen to you, or would it be easier? Come on, would it be easier now that, that, that you know that? Well, maybe I just keep Sabbath and I don't do any of the rest of it just because I think I ought to keep Sabbath and ought to do that. Well, let me just tell you something about that thought. That doesn't work either. The Lord God said that we are to observe and do all of His commandments, not just one, not just keeping the Sabbath. We, we have commandments that, uh, that God gives to us, things that's been told. I, I, if, you, if you haven't, and I don't even think that we have got the, uh, the, the, the back there on the table, but if you haven't, if you haven't been uh, taught into the areas of head coverings, you need to do that. You need to understand what that's about. Some of it is based upon the tradition of what they believed and the things that they did back in those days, but there's also based upon the things that, that, bless God, the church has again misunderstood about head coverings. Have any of you here come out of the Catholic Church? Raise your hand if you were Catholics. Then you can remember back in the day when, bless God, when they went in, the women covered their heads, can't you? You you can remember that. And, And bless God, if you remember further back, you can remember back, fellas, in the day back in the 20s and 30s in this nation, you never saw a man without his head covered. Look at all the old pictures. They all had on hats. Now they didn't. Uh, they didn't uh, uh, have a, a, a kephas uh, as not being Jews, but they had their hair covered. Now covered. Now, what do you suppose that's about? Was that just something that was a, the, the trend of the day, huh? Or was that something that, bless God, that was passed down? Something that somehow within within our generations we lost that. It, it, it escaped us. You need to understand. You need to be willing to understand. There are some. There are some things about covering yourself and being before God that you're going to have to get down to realizing. Somebody said something to me about these tallits. And somebody somebody said to me, well, I don't think that that's necessary because, because that's not a commandment. Well, the commandment is that you have these tis upon the four corners of your garment. Now some of us, now, now uh, Kevin, Brother Kevin that's here, uh, he wears them uh, underneath where they come out from his clothes. Uh, and what are they about? They're a constant reminder to us to remember the law, remember it. Now we have a blue thread in ours. Uh, you know I understand since I've been in Israel and I raised such a cane over the blue thread all of a sudden they come up with a snail that uh, they can produce that dye to make blue thread. I thought that was a bit interesting. As I told the rabbis, they don't make any difference, what color blue, the Bible didn't say what color blue, it just said blue, B-L-U-E, blue, that's a blue thread. Where's yours at? Well, we got to have the right, I said, yeah, that's atonement again, but the tradition's a man. I said, that doesn't work with God. And uh don't sound like we're real good friends, does it? Well, we're not. There's a few things they're trying to teach me, and a few things I'm trying to teach them, and, and I'm not sure who's winning yet, but I'm not giving up, amen? amen. Somebody said to me, he said, but I don't think I have to wear that. I said, fine and dandy. But I said, let me tell you to try something. You go, when you go home tonight, you decide to pray, pray, and I hope you go home and pray before you go to bed. Let's go just take a towel. Go into the bathroom, you're at the hotel, and get yourself a towel. And take the towel, and when you start to pray, take that towel and raise that towel and put it up on your head like this. And you begin to pray. You see if that doesn't help enhance the anointing in your prayer time with God. You see if you can't feel the same, uh, the same, uh, if you will, uh, 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 anointing that you felt here in this room tonight. Because you will. Why? Because there's something about all this that's very important to God. Something about this about so God is. Then let me tell you the other side of all this. Do you realize? And 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 some of you and I. I don't think we're going to have time this weekend. But uh, uh, some of the people were telling me about the things that they have gotten with these anointed hankies and how that they have they have taken them and, and put them on loved ones and neighbors and friends and how God wrought miracles through these hankies that uh, we're anointing some of them even now, as you, in this service in these services and and that anointing is here. That, it's in here. I uh, Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of prayer that I pray. That anointing that you get rubbed on those hankies that you're laying those on and people that with, bless with God, lung disease and cancer and everything else are being healed, that's been rubbed there and I hand it to you you take it in half. Can you imagine what goes on with this? Can you imagine? Because the anointing keeps moving into this. That's the reason there's times when I'm ministering that God will say, take the t- your toilet and take it off and just go down and place that toilet on them. And I'll take this and take it down and go to. There's times I walk and the Lord said, tell them to grab, d- to grab the tassels. That I'm gonna, that I'm gonna heal them. See, the, the, when the Bible said and they touched the hem of his garment, this is what they touched. The teast. This is what they got a hold of. The fact of it is, though, you know, we, we, we are so backward about about all these things, and we're afraid that somebody will see us weird. Come on. You got weird when you received Christ. Okay? You just don't know that. There was a time when that would have been considered weird. But now we're running around here, and you say, Well, I might get one in, but I'm going to get one of those beanies. Don't ever say never with God. Never say never with God. So you you, you see, but again, are you willing? Are you willing to be a spectacle for him? Are you willing just to kind of do it when you come through the door? Now, let me, me, on the other hand, let let me come to the other side of this. You can become legalistic with this thing, too. And you get so legalistic with it if you're not careful that you're trying to, oh, look at me, I'd like to have a little... Punish them a little, laughed at and a little scorning. Huh? Look at me. <laughs> I got it, and they don't. Wrong heart. That won't work either. If you were in, if you were in a, a, an Orthodox community, this would be more than acceptable. Walking down the street with with the keffah head covering, with with the T's showing out out of here would be acceptable. When you're out away from that, if you're not careful. What you're going to do is make yourself the wrong kind of laughing stock. Now everybody has to decide these things upon themselves. If God has told you that that's what you're to do, then you better do it, and you better move into it. And then, Kevin, I'm sure that God's dealt with your heart about doing what you're doing, and I see nothing wrong with what you do with wearing those. In fact, I think that's a real testimony to the Lord God. Now, will everybody do that? Will everybody? Because what do they think? They think you think when Kevin walks down the street in in, in South Dakota? Do you think that's acceptable up there? <laughs> not hardly. There's not many. I don't. Is there any Jews up in there? Couple. Couple. All right.
0: <laughs>
2: we got a couple Jews that we're we we're, we're moving up. We're doing good. We're moving up the line. But you see, what I'm saying is, just be certain that that, that you understand what this is about. This this isn't about respectability. It's about the fact that, bless God, if they're going to laugh, if they're going to scorn, then let them do that. But I'm going to do what I believe is right to do, and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And if you'll get yourself into that mode, you'll be all right with this thing. And if you don't, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be going around here, and you're going to be doing the same thing. Now, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to trade the the anointing for the respectability. Corinth lost the anointing. That's what Paul was doing with Corinth. It wasn't there. They had all the words. They had all the right programs, but they didn't have the power, and he knew that. Let's let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. 1 Corinthians 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. What is written, I, was destroy, I, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Now he's going right at the whole thing. For after that the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now, in the first part of that, that's really neat. It says, for after that, the, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Now, isn't that sort of where we got with the church? That that bless God, we the wisdom, and that now 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 look what's happened to us. For the Jews require a sign, the G, the, the the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, and the Jews a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, foolishness; but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see, see your calling, brethren. Now that not, not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty after the noble, uh, or not. I'm sorry, mighty, mighty. Not many noble are called. Now I want to read that again. Mainly because I messed it up. For uh, you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Boy, that, that's big-time stuff, isn't it? But look, look what he goes on to say. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to con- confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. No flesh should glory in his presence. So you you see that with God, the wisest thing that you and I ever think that we could ever be or ever are is foolishness. So you, you, you we try to figure this out. Uh, one of the greatest, I, I think, hindrances that we have is that somehow we try to bring... A God, a living God, down upon, down to our our plane or to our level. We begin to try to get believe that somehow He He understands all these little little synchronicities that we get into. And bless God that, that it's okay that we you know. Well, I mean you don't have you don't have to wear one of these, and you don't have to raise your hands. But can you remember back in the days when we started and we went into the Pentecostal the charismatic churches? We got in there and we came out of the Methodist, the Baptist, the the, the Catholic churches, and we. Went weren't using, used to raising our hands. You remember how we did that? I always called that half mask, huh? You remember? Because why? We weren't used to that, and we didn't want to be a spectacle, and we didn't. And we wanted to stay respectable, you know. In case somebody saw and report us back over to the Catholics that we weren't in there raising our hands to God and glorifying Him. It's the same thing that we go through today, exactly the same thing, the same thing that Paul was trying to defend them uh, from back in that day, is the fact that we want to be respected and we want to be respectable. We don't want the anointing, bless God, to flow through us, because if we did, we would make ourselves fools for Christ, as he did. He became a fool for Christ, and that's exactly what he said. Now. The Pentecostal preachers trying to be Baptist preachers, the Baptist preachers trying to be whoever it is that they think they ought to be, right down the line until what? Everybody seems to be something wants something to be something than what they are. Paul gave up respect for the anointing, and that's what he did. Let's go. To, let's go to Ephesians, the third chapter of Ephesians. Paul was not interested in anything except that anointing. Ephesians uh, into. Uh, the third chapter, the first verse. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, uh, given to, me to youward, how that by revelation the, the, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before in few words. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now, how did it come? By the Spirit, capital S, Spirit of God. Now notice what he said, in other ages this thing hadn't been revealed. So evidently what Paul was saying, that, 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 that from generation to generation, from time to time or glory to glory, there is going to be revelation knowledge come that that other group didn't have. Now, if we could just learn from that, we would come a long way in this thing of realizing that, bless God, that we have entered into that time. We're at the time at the end of what we call, and what Paul just mentioned, as being the dispensation of grace. We are at the end of that. As I have prophetically told you, that door is either all the way closed or it will be closed in the next year or so, It will be, the, and it will end that age. When that age ends, there must be the beginning of a new age. What is that age going to be? You don't hear this type of rhetoric used in the church. And the reason you don't hear it used is because, number one, it has to be done what? Revealed unto the prophets and the apostles by what? His Holy Spirit. It has to come that way. 6th verse, that the Gentiles shall be fellow-heirs, and in the same body, and partakers of his promise as Christ by the gospel. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least, Of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. So here again he's coming back and saying that is the fellowship to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And we're still searching that out to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose, which is his purpose in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom ye have boldness, and access, and confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family is in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to his riches in glory, to be strengthened and with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Boy, he was getting at it, wasn't he? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now what is that power going to work in us? Now I don't want you to grab onto this because this is where this is the importance of this chapter. That he's saying that, that now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So the power is working in in us is what he's saying. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now that's not that's not a bad thing, is it? No, it's not. But girls, you're going to have to be quiet back there, please. Okay, thank you. We're not here. We're not here to have conversation. If you want to talk, you need to go in the other room. Thank you. Now, as we understand the pinnacle, as as we talked about people not caring or wanting to be the things that they need to be, then we, you, and I need to understand where God's coming from with those things. That as, as God has granted us access into that throne room, and He's done that again through Christ. And through the blood that he came and shed, uh, from, uh, even from the foundation of the world, uh, uh, bringing him forth as he did you and I. But you and I need to realize that through the access that we've been given, there is power that lies there within us that is waiting to do what? That's been dormant, that's waiting to be, to be, to be accessed by us for God. And that's what, again, that we're doing here this week. We're, uh, weekend, we're going to bring that place to the point where you can access the power. The power is in you. Say the power, power is, in me. is in me. The power of God, power I, am about to loose. I am about to loose. And you're about to do that. You're about to do that. And the reason you're about to do that is very simple, isn't it? It's because why? It's been there all along. And I think that, I think that, that, that is exactly what God wants. Now listen, the things that the anointing is not, the anointing is not building kingdoms here on this earth. Now, I know that you have probably heard me uh, say uh, that, that, that I have had uh, too many times, have I been in services, and, and I've, I've had ministers up on the stage with me, pastors, and I've had to either take the mic off or shut it off or lay it down if it's handheld walk back to the back of the podium where the pastor was at and lean over and whisper in his ear, Pastor, God said that you must uh, must enjoy... The kingdom in which you have built here on this earth, because it will be the only kingdom that you'll ever know. Now that is hard, and it's it's not anything that anybody wants to hear. But you have to be careful about what kingdom you're trying to build. You have to be careful as to the way that you're doing this thing. You know, again, I, I, I the the thing that I did on holiness and that's back on the table in those CDs. Uh, I, I begin to talk about and go into, bless God, the 25th chapter of Matthew, and and begin to talk about the fact that how the Lord said that, that He would gather the nations, and He would set uh, and out of the nations He'd gather the people, and He would set the goats on, on, on the, the sheep on His right hand, and the goats on His left, and then these sheep and goats, bless God, is not the saved and the un, 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 unsaved, all right? The sheep and the goats are the, are, are are those which profess Him. That's being the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, and it goes down through there, and it comes down to the fact of saying, uh, "Those that have done unto the least of me have done unto uh, uh done the least of those have done unto me." And the Lord God is saying through that very simply that if you're not going to do those things of taking care of the poor, then when this thing all comes down, and it will, around your ears, you understand something. You will be cast out there where there'll be gnashing of teeth, where you will burn for eternity. And you go, well, that can't happen, that can't happen, that can't happen. But it's going to happen. It has happened. You've got to understand that this thing is not quite as cut and dried as the Baptist doctrine wants you to believe it is. There's is a once saved, always saved doctrine, and you can't find that. It is a narrow path. It's not a wide path. There's rules that's got to be followed in this thing. And in order to follow those rules, you have to understand that God said that you do unto the least of those, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And if you haven't, there's the, there's the way. And it's not up to heaven, it's the other direction. And he will cast them. He will cast them into outer darkness. So, so, so you understand, when you're out here building, and, I, and the thing that I made, and the statement that I made that I, I want to make again, is that when you're out here building a building that costs three, four, five million dollars, And bless God, you're putting all those people into debt so that you can have what? And while you've got them in debt, there's old people, older people, in this town that had to make decisions as to whether they could have heat this winter, whether they were going to eat, or they were going to buy medicine. Now you tell me what you think the Lord God's going to say to you and to them when you stand before Him with that. When his commandment is what? Take care of those that can't take care of themselves. Take care of those that are sick, those that are hungry, those that are thirsty, those that are in prison, those that are naked. That's the commandment. And I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, that is the only commandment that you and I need to be considering and to be trying to move toward. And yet we've got churches building million, million million million-dollar-and-a-half-dollar basketball courts attached next door. And we've still got the same thing going on. What do you think God thinks about all that? I'll tell you what God thinks about it. He's going to tell them and you the same thing if you're, you're messing with it. And that's the reason I said, get out of that whore. Move away from that whore. Because that whore is going to end up taking you right down with him. And people don't understand that. Get out of those places. Bless God if they're, not, if they're not bringing the gospel and I do want you to you're better all sitting at home and reading the Bible every, now, every Sunday night if that's when you go to church. But the fact of it is, people don't do that and the reason people don't do that is why. Well, it's not hurt anything, I don't mean it in my heart. Well, it goes back to what I think I said earlier. If you and I go out and rob a bank tonight after service and you run the car and sit in the car and I run in and rob the thing, come out and get in the car and we go down the street, we get caught. We're both going to jail. You sat in these churches that are preaching a gospel contrary to what you know to be the truth, you are in trouble. Somebody needs to think about that a little while, I think. Working ill toward the brethren. You can't have the anointing and be working ill toward the brethren. You can't be judging one another. You can't be sowing discord, which we've, we've banged on and banged on, catering to the people with the money. You ever go to those churches where it just seems like that the people with the money's on the board? Huh? You ever go to those? Oh, yeah. You ever go to those churches? <laughs> I love that part. go you to know those churches where, where, bless God, the people that's got the money's on the board. And bless God, the people that's got the money has got the say. And the people that's got the money runs the preacher. The people that's got the money, bless God, makes all the decisions. Yeah, well, that's a good deal, too, isn't it? Oh, but Brother Deckard is such a nice-looking church. I mean, gee, we, the, the mayor comes, you know. I mean, he goes to our church. We have doctors, and we have lawyers in our church, and, and they drive up in these big, nice the Cadillacs and, and Lincolns and all those things. And Well, gee, Brother Deckard, you know, I mean, that, they're, 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 there's no sin about wrong with being in a place like that. You better pray about it. Hmm? You better pray about it. You better understand what God is what God is really, 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 really trying to say. And how come he's trying how come he's trying to say those things right now? To the church. Now, do you want the anointing of God to run down on our clothes? No, we don't. We want respectability. We want respect. You know, it used to be, and and Donna could come, and and some of the people that was here the years ago when we had a church in this building could tell you, you know, I'd start pouring that oil, and and bless God, people come up and say, Oh, Brother Deckard, I want the oil poured, but I, you know, I don't want my hairdo run. I said, Go sit down. Well, I need the oil poured. No, no, I said, Go sit down. You're either going to get the oil poured on you, run your hairdo, or, bless God, you're going to have to go sit down because we're pouring oil tonight. We're not taking it with a drop and putting it on your forehead. We're pouring oil. Okay? Like I'm about to pour them all. We're going to pour oil. If you don't want to ruin your doopy doo hairdo, don't come. When you're bald like I am, it wouldn't make a lot of difference. It just runs a lot quicker. Okay? Harder to... <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, we'd pour oil and they'd be running around trying to keep this carpet all. They'd have to delve oh, they'd have to go out and get the cleaners and machines and everything, clean the carpet and everything else. What's that all about? Well they just hate it when Brother Deckard started pouring that oil. <laughs> Said, Brother Deckard, you got it all over my clothes. That's all right, it'll wash. What do you want? do do you want the respectability or do you want the anointing? See and, and and you I see it all the time. I see it all the time. You know, I, I, I go to a place and I say, you got any oil? They bring me out one of them little bottles. I said, you don't understand. Do you have any oil? Yeah, I got the oil. I said, well, no, no, I mean oil. One time I was in a church one time and I said, give me the oil. and They didn't have any. And I said, you don't have any oil? No. I said, I need some oil. Anybody got any oil in their car, in the trunk? Or old boy stood up and said, I got some 10W-30 in my pickup truck. I said, go get it. I anointed a whole congregation with a quart of 10W30. Then somebody kind and tried to tell me that it didn't count because it wasn't olive oil. you got to love it. I'm telling you folks, I, I, I'm not going to tell you I've seen it all because I'm sure there's a few things out there I've yet to see, but I've seen most of it. There needs to be a book written about it, I think. Amen. Let's go back over to First Samuel, the book of First Samuel, and let's uh, let's let's investigate something here for a moment. First Samuel, the sixth chapter, and let's investigate First Samuel six fourteen, and the and the cart came into the field of uh, uh, Joshua, a Bethshemite, and stood there where there was a great stone, and they clave the wood of the cart and offered the kin a burnt offering unto the Lord and the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the coffer that was with it wherein the jewels of gold were and put them on the great stone and the men of Bethshemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifice the same day unto the Lord and when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it they returned to Ekron the same day. Now, what do you think that they returned to Ekron? They turned to Ekron because they had seen that which they desired to have. See, the enemies believed that they could just have the ark, if they could just have the, these precious things of the Lord God, that they would have the power of Israel. Now, we know that they lost the ark. Israel lost the ark. And Israel knew that when they lost the ark, they lost the power. Well, thank God, folks, that the thing isn't set up today where we're in a position where, as a matter of fact, that that if you if you get into that position, we don't have to worry about if we lose the ark. All right, we don't have to worry about that. Why? Because the kingdom of God is now within our hearts. And it, it, you know, just because you don't deal deal with it right, it doesn't mean that I can't. But back in those days, the whole thing was set up just, what, just a little bit differently. Now, now you remember. You remember when, when David, and, and I, I'm sure you all remember the story. And I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell that. Uh, now you remember when they brought the ark back into uh, into Jerusalem, and and the Bible said, and David, King David, danced before all with all of his might before the Lord of uh, the bringing up of the ark. And you remember what his wife said. She said, "You're making a fool out of yourself." And what did David do? He kept on dancing, didn't he? Now, what did David do? David lost the respect of his wife. Of course, she lost ever having any kids. But the fact of it is, he David lost the respect of his wife, but he gained the anointing, didn't he? You see, I and I and I, I have been in such in situations where people come in the lines, and and all of a sudden the Lord would say, uh, say they'd come to be healed, and the Lord would say. Because they said that they would never dance before the Lord with all their might, before me with all their might, you tell them that if they want to be healed, that they will dance this night before me with all their might, and I, the Lord God, will heal them. And if not, they can die with what they have. Now stand there and look at me, and you know what I've I've watched? I've watched people absolutely stomp off. Made a decision, made a bad one, but they made a decision. I've had people come in and say, well, you know, I've thought this thing over, and I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not getting any better. I said, well, I said the, 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 the deal still stands. I said, you dance before the Lord with all your might, and God will heal you. I said, when do I need to do that? I said, well, they have the song service. Just come up front and dance with all your heart. Well, you know, that's kind of embarrassing. Now, what are they saying? I want it my way. I want it, but I want to do it my way. I, I want this thing to work my way, or I don't want it. You know, hell, I mean, after all, what are the people going to think? What do the people want to think? And that's sort of what we were doing here this, this afternoon when you were beginning to be challenged with the fact, how bad do you want the anointing? How bad do you want the anointing? I mean, do you want the knowing enough that it could make you look like a fool? Or, bless God, do you want the respectability from everybody being here, of everybody thinking, well, they must be fine. They didn't have to have this, that, and anything else cast out of them, or had to give up anything, that they, they wouldn't do anything wrong before God. What's up to you. See, those decisions are your decisions, and that's what, that's what went on. Now, there's three kind of leaders, and I want you to be sure that you understand and write this down. You know Eli was anointed of God, and Eli he was a, he was a, a priest of the Lord God, and Eli he used to know the anointing. There was any doubt about that, and we saw what happened and what he had to, what Samuel had to tell him because why what, what he couldn't control his his children and the, and the things that his sons were doing. So the second kind of leader is the sons that could have known, now they could have known the anointing from their father, but they never knew the anointing. They never knew it at all. And then in third place is Samuel. And Samuel was trying to learn to know the anointing, as as we talked about this afternoon, was trying to learn to know the anointing. What does that bring us to, and what does that try to to get us to understand? It tries to get us to understand something uh, uh, very, very deep with God. Is the fact that, bless God, you, you make choices in this thing. Eli's son could have chosen. Eli could have chosen. Samuel chose. Samuel chose. But again, I hope that we got that through to you, that what did he have to do? He had to learn to know the anointing. He had to learn to know it. You're going to have to learn to know the anointing. Now we began, I think in some of your cases, and I think, uh, again, we're not going to have the time this evening to, to have you to stand up and testify, I don't think. But I think in some of your cases, you're now beginning to understand when you feel the presence of God like you've been feeling here in these services, that now you're beginning to understand that now I'm beginning to understand and know what the anointing is, what it's all about, and when the, 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 the time is that God's going to speak and God's going to deal with me. And, and you're right, you're beginning to know that. Now, now, what does that, what does that leave us with all these things that, bless God, are talking about the anointing, and bless God, the the things of the anointing and the power of the anointing? Well, you know, we, we talked before, and, and we're gonna talk again, let me, let me just peek here for a second, at, at, uh, at, bless God, the, 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 the last, uh, And tomorrow, the things that we're going to do, we are going to deal tomorrow and try to get you into areas of of understanding that, bless God, that there are different degrees, and we talked a little bit about this already, of the anointing, and there's different degrees in which God anoints people. And so and again, not all of us have all the anointing, so what we have to do is begin to respect what God is doing in us Now I want you to turn now with me to first Corinthians into the twelfth chapter within these gifts and we're going to go into first Corinthians the twelfth chapter, and we're going to begin to look at these gifts and and you, some of you don't understand what of what which one of these gifts that you are Anointed to work in, all right, and we're going to we're going to put some of that to sleep. Hopefully, this evening when we when we finish up here, everybody has a gifting. Everybody will operate in one or more of these gifts. You can have a whole lot to do with which one. Or ones in which you operate in okay now let us let us, uh, let us uh, uh, uh go down this away and, and start in the first verse it says now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i would not have you ignorant you don't want to stupid about what spiritual gifts and do you want to know something most of us are ignorant about these spiritual gifts Most of us believe that somehow that these spiritual gifts work through these high-powered preachers, And, 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 and they do and they should, but what most of us don't understand, these spiritual gifts should be operating in you. Every one of us, at least one of those gifts, if not more than one of these gifts, should be working in you so that you can use them, bless God, to profit with all that we're about to read here in just a few seconds which means that it will do good for somebody else. These gifts are not for you individually. All right? Now, but he said, I don't want you ignorant about these. Ye, ye, ye know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. He said, You know that. Wherefore, I, g- I give you to understand that no man speaking uh, by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. That's deep. There, now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. And, and there are differences of administration but the same Lord. In other words, okay so, so there's diverse, there's different, there's different gifts, but it says by the same Holy Ghost, same spirit, capital S. And, 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 and there are diversities of operations that work differently, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. With the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In other words, it's not given to you, it's to profit with all, to profit out there, to profit somebody else. But every gift, every gift, every gift, the Spirit, manifestation of the Spirit is given. So the Spirit is going to manifest Himself all right, the manifestation and we talked about that what is that that's the anointing is going to manifest himself in into every man to profit with all now it's every and you need to underline the word every man not every other man, not every four or five different men but every man and that's and that's where this thing needs to that's where the line' going to have to be drawn in the sand that we all understand we are all to be working in these gifts. For to one is given by the Spirit of the Word of Wisdom, to another the Word of uh, the Word of Knowledge, by the same Spirit. Now, as I as I have said and openly said, and keep criticizing by saying that bless God, the, the, the problem we have in most of the churches right there is the Word of Knowledge. It's somebody coming along telling you about something that bless God that, that is in that is in either the now or in the future of, of your life. So that you can go, yes, I know because God spoke that. Now, let me tell you about, about two things that works here. One, I spoke somewhat about a spirit that will come, a familiar spirit that works in ministers that is able to discern. And then I would talk about the spirit of God that does discern. Now, by his spirit. Now, when you begin to watch these things in operation, you understand that when God begins to speak to you, he does that because he wants to do what? He wants you instructed. He wants you edified or built up by speaking to you a word of knowledge. In other words, uh, I, I, brother, I see that the, the God is called your sister. I see that God is, is doing this in your life, or I, you know, I I, I see that you, uh, you know, at times I'll walk out and say, oh, look, I see that I see that you have a, you know, you have an infirmity in your body. Uh, it, it is a word of knowledge telling you something by the Spirit of God. The, the danger here, again, is the fact that we get to thinking that every time somebody does that, that they've they got to be a prophet. Do you know of the, all the things that I do, the thing that I don't like to do uh, the, most, is to work in a word of knowledge. And the reason I don't is because it's played with. It is the most played with gift of all those gifts. They are, that gift is played with. Oh, look at me, I can gain some respect here, boy. all i got to do is walk back there and, and, and say something to this person or something to that person. Most of which is very general. If you really look into a lot of it, it's too general. But yet at the same time it's being done, and at the same time that one that's doing it is often said, Oh, that's got to be a prophet. Now, now, now let's back up. The seventh verse, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man... To profit with all. Every man to profit with all. Now, ninth verse to another faith for the same Spirit to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go through and break all these down because I would hope that, that, that you, bless God, have been in church long enough to, to have learned the, the, you know, the very oracles of, of what these gifts are about. In other words, surely you know something about them. If you don't, bless God, I'll, I got tapes somewhere, probably numbers of tapes, that bless God, that are on these gifts that you, you get a hold of us and we'll, we'll get a batch of them and send them to you. Okay? But but it says, Bless God an- to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Now is healing can it work through this gifts of healing? Yes, it can. Okay. Does it work that way, Brother Deckard, through you? No, it doesn't. And this is where I want to stop and I want to show you the difference in the gifts of faith and operation and bless God the anointing destroying the yoke. With me, the anointing is what I depend upon. Uh, The gifts of healing at times, you know, obviously it has to operate. But I depend upon the anointing. The reason I depend upon the anointing and not the gifts of healing, because often with the gifts of healing, has to be that if somebody on the other side isn't going to have faith to receive it, it doesn't work. As the anointing destroys the yoke, it doesn't make a cockeyed bit of difference what you believe. Okay, Because when I begin to minister to you, and I will this evening, as to laying on hands, I will have the anointing in operation, and it will destroy the yoke. If you need to be healed, God will heal you. If you need to be delivered, God will deliver you. If you need whatever, God's going to do that. But it's not going to be because, bless God, I'm working in, in that gift. It's going to be because I'm speaking to you by the Holy Ghost, Rahakadish, by the anointing of God, and it is going to destroy that yoke that's where the strength of what i do when it comes to miracles comes it it, it doesn't come now there's another gift in here that is called now let me read down here and make sure i get this so we can add add this to this we have another gift which is called the working of miracles in the 10th verse now the working of miracles now does that work the same way well again i'm sure there's times when there has been that gift in operation i work by the anointing so, therefore, I don't know what those gifts actually are about. I've been told at times, and people have been in service with me that seem to be very keen about being able to, to discern, and will come up to me and say, You know, Brother Decker, tonight in your service, all nine of those gifts were in operation. I said, Well, that's nice. That, that just thrills me to know end, to think that you had counted all those and did you learn anything else. The fact of it is, it doesn't make me any difference if all nine of them operated or none of them operated. The fact of it is, I've come, I've brought the anointing, the anointing's going to destroy the yoke, and when I get done, I'm leaving, the anointing and I are going out that door. And that's the way it all works, as arrogant as it may sound. Now do you want to become that way? Yes, you should want to become that way. But you understand, that, and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm taking this and just moving it just a little bit different than most of you know, is I want to get you to understand something. You can work the gifts of healing. You can work the gifts of miracles. You don't have to be a prophet in order for those to operate in you, nor should you think you have to be one. What you have to do is be a yielded vessel unto God that is clean. Can I say that again? That is clean inside, that you have, you have done what? You have been able to purge the sin from your life. Then you can begin to do what? You don't have to be at a five-fold ministry to work in these gifts. You ain't have to think that you have to be, but yet somehow or other we have set back. We have set back most of the reason why because we can't get into those those ivory towers, we can't get within those inner circles of them big three million, four million dollar institutions that are called churches, in order for your gifts to come forth and to operate. And that's a shame, because you know what that's doing? That is quenching the spirit in you. You need that to come forth. You need that to bless God, to, to, to begin to watch it in operation to see what is going on. It's said down in the rest of the 10th verse, it says, to another a prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh the one and self same, same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Again, to every man severally as he will. And, and you know, again, through this operation of these gifts, that manifestation, now let me tell you something about prophecy. Let me tell you something about tongues and the interpretation of tongues. What you stood, and what most of you in this room, and hopefully, uh, as I said before we leave here t- tonight and tomorrow night, or tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning, whatever that is, that you will, you will have experienced anointing. Any time that you sit in a service, and that anointing comes upon you, you'll know if you'll tune yourself as to what it is, and if it is for you to stand up, and if it is for you to prophesy, then the Spirit of God, the Rahakadish, will speak to you. You'll feel. Now listen, what comes first? The anointing. You will feel the anointing come upon you. Then God will let you discern as to what it is. He will speak to you. Stand up and prophesy. Give tongues, interpretation of tongues. And he will do it at the right time within the service, not while the preacher is preaching.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.JewishProphet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing, taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer requests to cradle at we'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Better in <imitation>
0: food, we eat